0: keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply see ebaymotors.com let's
1: go let's go Go. let's go
0: live from the rich eisen show studio in los angeles first and goal he's got six He's in for the touchdown! I'm the greatest. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He is so good and he he's so powerful to be around. With guest host, Andrew Siciliano. Earlier on the show, host of the Greenlight Podcast and two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. Coming up, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Andrew Siciliano.
2: That is me. uh, Final hour here in this chair before Rich returns to reclaim the throne that is rightfully his tomorrow. Although, guys... Brockman, Del Tufo, TJ, is he going to be doing Overreaction Monday with you guys later later today? So so Rich
0: and I are taping uh, Overreaction Monday podcast as soon as he lands. So that will be out on your normal feeds, YouTube. Are you
2: like meeting him at baggage claim at Lufthansa (laughs) there to to (laughs) do Do
0: it? it? I got to imagine he has a a car service bringing him back here to the studio. So wherever you get your podcasts and then on our YouTube channel immediately thereafter. And then tomorrow we're going to do the segment. Overreaction Monday on Tuesday in the program.
2: Fantastic. I look forward. A Michigan-free to overreaction. A michigan oh, free. God, no. Because there was no overreaction <laughs> no, after that no, game. No. So why should I watch no. this No overreaction
0: whatsoever. <laughs> I, 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 I actually, I might do it in full tears. I might do the whole segment crying. The whole cra- thing. whole segment crying.
2: So Brockman and I were texting during that game. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the game, all throughout the day, Saturday and... You're like I'm. I'm gonna be careful with with social media. You're like I'm not gonna. am not gonna go too overboard. You just had one little tweet and about Michigan. And then Michigan. I had
0: to do it. Look, I wanted to cry after all my bets yeah. bets hit on Saturday.
2: Yeah, so,
1: you know, that's a big day.
2: <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Jim Harbaugh is still alive, guys. Despite the reaction on the field after the game, some may have may have surmised that he had passed during the night. <laughs> Still alive. Shout out PFT. (laughs) He is still very much alive. All right, coming up. um, And by the way, Harbaugh was on the podium today, speaking, um, saying he's going to be at Friday's hearing. So that will be interesting. Hmm. Okay, anyway, I digress more in the NFL coming up in a bit. What we saw from C.J. Stroud, what we saw from Deshaun Watson, what we saw from five end-of-game kicks, what we saw last night as well from Antonio Pierce showing up in his ridiculous car in Vegas and then winning again, now 2-0 as an interim head coach. But let's open with what we saw from the college football other than at Penn State, where Michigan punched the Nittany Lions in their collective mouths. Jimbo Fisher was fired... After scoring 51 points and winning, beating Mississippi State against a $76 million no-offset buyout at a and And Zach Arnett, head coach, Mississippi State, was also fired this morning. Mike Golick Jr. called that game. He also works at DraftKings, and he joins us now. Have you ever, Mike, called a game in which you got both coaches
1: fired?
3: No, I, I've been a one coach fire game before I called Cliff Kingsbury's last game at Texas Tech. Okay. So I can lay claim to that much. And I think I did Bill Snyder's last game at Kansas State, but that a little bit different situation. Yeah, so no, time. I've never gone two, and now it's making me worried. Like, am I going to lose my job? Is that just how that everyone connected with that game works? Is it final destination?
2: Final destination. <laughs> it's you. You're the problem. They're yes. getting fired. Did you know in all seriousness, because clearly, look, they won the game. They scored 51 points. Right? They have a winning record. Clearly, the decision had to have been made before the game to fire Jimbo.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, before the game, like you mentioned when Jimbo probably lost this, you know, close losses against Bama and Tennessee were what we heard coming in in that week about the point of frustration around there. Yeah, the one banner win against Alabama a couple of years ago for Texas a and but other than that, there's been nothing to show for a team that talent-wise looks eye-to-eye with Alabama, with Georgia, with Ohio State in terms of how they recruit, but it hasn't translated in any success. So yeah, I, I think, and we're hearing the Border Regents met Thursday. I think they wanted to make sure they were out ahead of this so that no matter what happened, if the end of the season got wild and all of a sudden they started to look incredible and your third-string quarterback lights it up, that that wasn't going to prevent them from doing what they believed in their mind
2: needed to be done, Mike. You played big time college football. You played at Notre Dame. For those who don't know, it, it, what does it say? It, what does it say to you, the former student athlete, truly a student athlete at at Notre Dame, to see a seventy six million dollar no offset buyout?
3: Uh, it means we've come a long way since I was in college. Because You remember last time on Dragon Ball Z, so I came into Notre Dame playing for Charlie Weiss, who was one of the original coaches that we talked about in terms of the buyout structures in his contract, both at Notre Dame and then later on at Kansas, recouping tons of money when he was let go by the university after signing a big-time extension like that. And so seeing the way that things have progressed, let me tell you what, whatever commission Jimmy Sexton's getting off this stuff ain't nearly enough because we're, as long as that Man lives and breathes. We're going to keep seeing this kind of stuff. And to your overall point, it's a good reminder. They always have the money whenever they tell you in college football, they don't got the money or there's a reason they don't want to do something associated with the money. It is solely because they do not want to period end of sentence. If they want something done, it's going to get done because they can always find the money when it's time. If it's something they care enough about, but
2: not every, not every school has that money. I, I went to Syracuse. I, I mean, they got a nice win at Yankee stadium in front of dozens of fans and they beat Pitt. This past Saturday, Chris Valari, great effort. They're one win away from bowl eligibility coming up this week on the CW. Um, but if they they don't have seventy six million dollars to buy out a coach. I mean that's that's SEC oil money. Yes. Uh, not not everybody has that kind of money to throw around. No, and I think it's a good bit of context
3: about who this job is appealing to going forward. Cause you bring that up, right? Like look at Florida state right now, they would have fired Mike Norvell if they were this rich as a program. If if Florida state had Texas A&M's money, we would not, I think be talking about this season going the way it's gone for an undefeated Florida state team under Mike Norvell based on the way the first few years went there. If that was a school that had had more disposable income, I don't think he'd be there. And so now on the other side, that means, all right, if there are a bunch of schools that don't have those kind of depth of pockets, I get Texas A&M has not been able to win on the level of some of the other premier programs in college football in a long time. But if you're a coach out there and your school is not make, willing to show you the love, the risk reward of, all right, well, I'm going to try and go make it work at a place that's been difficult to win by. But, man, it's easy to get talent in there, and they're going to pay me a life-changing sum of money. So no matter what, I'm clear. I'd imagine that's a feeling to a fair appealing to a fair amount of people.
2: Talking to Mike Ola Jr. called the AM game before Jimbo was told to exit stage left with 76 million. It's never about the money, but in this case, I mean, it's just mind blowing. Not to linger on this too much more, but uh, we've already heard people throw Urban Myers' name out there. What do you think?
3: Uh, I mean, I'm not shocked. I feel like people are going to do that for every high profile job that opens up uh, in the near future, especially in the SEC and Big Ten, given Urban's background. I I wouldn't be stunned anymore. Nothing about, especially in this tax bracket would surprise me in terms of decisions there. We've obviously seen a ton of other high profile names thrown around like Dan Lanning currently at Oregon, Kalen DeBoer at Washington was on, I think Pete Thamel's early list for my money like if you were looking because there's going to be the smart hire or the sexy hire, the big one there where you're swinging for the fences and you can money whip someone out of their current location. Mike Elko sitting at Duke would be a very compelling Mm -hmm. hire as a guy who was your defensive coordinator early in Jimbo's tenure knows that area well, and has been doing an unbelievable job at Duke in the last two years that could, i imagine come in and maximize along the lines of scrimmage. A lot of them really talented young men you have there, but I just don't know if at this point that would be a big enough move coming off of what this was, which is a definitive statement we're going to eat 76 million dollars what comes next has to justify that
2: go back to your days as a college football player did you ever have a coach walk in and say hey guys we know there's signs we know what's coming no
3: no i i I think that's one of those things too where as a coach in college and really a coach in general you're always trying to be cognizant of Overloading your player. Justin Fields kind of insinuated this earlier in the season. We jumped all over him about his statements about coaching there and overloading. It's as a coach, how do I present the information to my players in a way that's going to resonate with them the most and that's going to be the most useful to them? And so even if a coach that I had played for had the signals of the other team coming in and saying that to the players, what's that immediately going to do? It's going to make you go, oh, okay, well, then I don't need to try us I don't need to work as hard this week because we already got the answers to the test. And you know it's way more complicated than that. So, no, even if you had them, I'd imagine you would never tell a college kid, hey, we've got the answers to a test because we know what college kids do when they get a chance to cheat, cheat on a test.
2: Mike Golick, Jr., DraftKings now, the co-host of the Gojo and Golick podcast. As we, I'm going to look past Maryland. I'm going to do that. I'm going to say Michigan wins in College Park this week. Maryland, you know, Doesn't look like the same team it did the first half of the season. Does Ohio State beat Michigan, Mike? I don't think
3: so, but they have a lot better chance than I thought originally at the start of the season. Because remember last year's game, by the way, was close. And they pulled away at the end. Michigan did the running thing at the end where they really beat them up. But that game was won because J.J. McCarthy hit a bunch of YOLO pass shots that we really hadn't seen from Michigan's offense all year. If there was one concern I had coming off this weekend, it's, hey, in critical moments, the ball wasn't in J.J. McCarthy's hands. You put it on the offensive line. You did the thing we were used to seeing from Michigan in last year, but I still think overall – Once I get past the shock value of that, I've seen J.J. McCarthy much more use his arm this year, saw it in the Ohio State game. And even in that shootout with TCU last year in the CFP, I still think defensively and on the front seven on offense, they're built the right ways. And that's going to be the chief thing with Ryan Day is his team ever since getting chirped by Lou Holtz has been all about this idea of, oh, we're not tough. They they want to label us as not tough. You're going to have the ultimate test because I can assure you this Michigan defensive front seven is tough, and it's going to give Ohio State's offensive line all they can
2: handle. Yeah, that Ohio State offensive line that um, took a while to gel. Let's put it that way, and I don't know if if they still are playing their best football, but that game is, is a couple of weeks away. Georgia's number one, Michigan two, followed by Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, you think anything moves there? Probably not this week, right?
3: No, I think uh, we had a chance for a lot to happen. This was the ultimate test that we'd had so far through the CFP. I don't think anyone's going to move meaningfully. I-, I think even Oregon, it was such a late game. I'll be curious to see how people talk about them this week, because I doubt many people stayed up to watch that Oregon USC game where USC kind of hung around, but it was never really in doubt for Oregon. So I, I still look at them as I think they're the on, on the field from what we've seen Despite the head-to-head loss, I think they're the best team in the Pac-12, and
2: I'm looking forward to that rematch. Oregon beat USC late at night. To your point, I think like 37-26, something like that. Um, it wasn't all on the defense, but some on the defense, certainly as Alex Grinch was fired a week ago when Lincoln Riley tries to save the season here in the last month of the season. For for months, Mike, really for, I think, over a year, there's been this idea that maybe Caleb Williams goes back to SC because he doesn't like where he would land potentially at the top of the draft. Maybe it's Chicago, maybe it's Arizona. Whomever gets that first pick, we don't want to go there. Maybe we go back. What about the idea that with the way SC is playing this last month, that he might not want to go back to SC? Um, I would probably
3: say that's going a bit too far, given what we know still about Lincoln is a proven developer of talent at that position and on the offense and the things that would come there. I think ultimately that whole conversation was much more about kind of a public jockeying for leverage. And we've seen in the past going all the way back to Eli Manning coming out in the draft. It's not a totally foreign concept. I don't think it was totally sincere because at the end of the day, like, as you know, just because he might not like the teams this year doesn't mean it's going to be any better next year. Bad teams pick at the top of the draft every year. It's how the system in the NFL works, and I understand people have problem with that system, myself included, but that's the way it is. And so I don't know if you meaningfully improve your situation, even if you're getting paid a boatload of NIL money, but I still think USC would be the best option for Caleb Williams, given his familiarity with that system and given what Lincoln Riley has been able to do, get Heisman trophy winners drafted very highly. That's what you're looking and
2: for. And it is a boatload of NIL money. It might even include a boat, although I cannot confirm that uh, you got a game this week. Uh, yeah. I got a game this week heading to see uh, Texas take on Iowa state on the road.
3: So uh, another team, I mean, Andrew, when you look at Texas right now, them, Alabama, Oregon, that glut of one loss teams start to become fascinating. What messages they send with their play towards the end of the season, because Texas has been playing really well, had the slip up against Oklahoma, but has the best out of conference win in college football right now. So they're fighting for their playoff lives each and every week, even as a team that's got a potential to be a one loss, big 12 champion.
2: Yeah. They are nine and one that out of conference win was over Alabama. And as it stands now, Texas is number seven overall. Mike Golick Jr., my neighbor, actually, like right up the street. Um, let's get lunch sometime soon.
3: Do you want to uh, eat apples and do push-ups like Jim Harbaugh so we can stave off illness? Did you hear about that from him? At <laughs> so, the uh,
2: so fill me in because we're on the air. He had a presser today and he sounded sick. And then he said something like, "I'm an I'm an iron wall that viruses." Crap. What
3: did he, he say? I stand on the iron wall that viruses viruses crash into and are destroyed by. I'm just going to eat an apple and do some push-ups. So Jim Harbaugh, the ultimate testament that all that propaganda about food they used to put on TV works because the guy loves milk and believes an apple a day still keeps the doctor away. So he's living proof that those money spent on ad dollars on TV work.
2: And for the record, he didn't drop and do push-ups on the podium like T.O. in a driveway, right? That might be the upset of the day, quite honestly, that he didn't. But he did say that he would be there in the courtroom for the hearing on Friday.
3: And I'm hoping he does it like Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting, where it's a how about them apples situation. He's got a chance to do something really.
2: Funny. I, I just want to see this thing televised.
3: Oh, See, now now we're doing the right things here. And I feel like you've got this platform, you know the right people. We can make this happen. We can hijack Rich's show and get this on television. I mean,
2: I think Rich would put the hearing on. There's oh. no doubt. Are you, you know kidding we me put to put hear, this hear based Harbaugh? On college football this season, the CW. You, you of- that would work too. But I mean, it could go like a few good men. Like, damn right I order the code red. Don't you think? It's-
3: I think most situations in life are always about one standard deviation point away from being the courtroom (laughs) scene in A Few Good
2: Men. Like, if you
3: really peel back the layers, you can find it. This one, you don't have to go very far. I think Jim Harbaugh would make an excellent Colonel Jessup.
2: Mike Golick Jr., DraftKings, and the co-host of the Gojo and Golick podcast and calling games, college games, on Saturday on Learfield, including this week, Iowa State. And the number seven team of the nation, Texas. Good to see you, friend. As always, let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Mike Olick Jr., everybody. Come on, let's put that on TV. I, oh, listen, man. this is I'm not wow. taking a steer towards the political, but, but you know that the former president was in a courtroom in New York last week. It got kind of heated. That wasn't for the cameras. It would have made great TV. No matter which side of it you sit on, it would have made great TV harbaugh at this hearing please and i don't know if if he will be speaking at this hearing i don't know much about it it's a hearing for a temporary restraining order i'm not the lawyer i don't know the procedural here i don't know how it would go but don't you want to see harbaugh on the stand fighting back yes 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 (laughs) <laughs> absolutely, I want Tom Cruise cross-examining him, and then Harbaugh like making fun of Tom Cruise's height,
0: <laughs> which he would do. He would absolutely do. <laughs> like, so. What
2: what was the old Harbaugh one I heard years ago? the The story goes, and you've you've got to look this one up. It's it's somewhere Google Googleable. the The story goes is that he went to the combine, so he comes out of Michigan, goes to Indianapolis for the combine. And they evidently sent, I think I'm getting the story right, a van, like a driver, to pick up some of the guys flying into Indianapolis and then taking them downtown to the hotel, right? So you got some runners, some kids, some intern picking everyone up. So they meet Harbaugh at baggage claim. And they tell him, hey, man, we're just waiting for like one other guy. I think his flight just landed, like, or two other guys, whatever. Like, it'll be a minute chill here. And like, we're all going to go downtown allegedly harbaugh then like 20 years old 21 years old said i am a michigan man i wait for nobody and hailed a cab and left (laughs) Uh, no comment that's the story (laughs) i want to see him on the stand because it's not like the podium a a coach's press conference where you control the room i mean You have the upper hand. Literally, you are standing above the reporters looking down on them. I mean, that's the physical setup of the room. You can shut everything down. Right. Whenever you want to. You could turn it around on them very easily. Whatever. (laughs) Ah, I want that. I want that. All right. Ticketing. You go to a game this week at a concert? Anything? something did you want to go to something but maybe you didn't know how to find a ticket or you thought it was sold out may i recommend the game time app it is the cure it is the answer to all your frustrating ticketing experiences okay download the game time app take my word for it go download the app and find the thing that is you want to go see talking with your significant other hey honey shouldn't we go see Insert show or game here? Yeah, you should. And you could do it with the Game Time app. The better part of it is, I have a promo code for you. Actually, Rich does. It's rich, R I C H. R I C H. Download the Game Time app, open the account, type in R I C H, and you get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Restrictions apply? Of course they do. Visit gametime.co if you want all the terms. Create the account after downloading the Game Time app. And put in the promo code RICH R I C H for twenty bucks today. Down, game, download rather game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Gear, run, teed.
1: Coming up next. Oh, the Cowboys won. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Put your hands together for the most recent Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. Where is that trophy right now? I sleep next to it.
4: <laughs>
1: it's on your nightstand? Yeah. So it's good morning Heisman every uh, day? Yeah, tight. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's right there next to, like, there's a yeah. night table next to Kyler Murray's bed and the Heisman Trophy's resting. Yes, around. sir. That's amazing. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've had it in your <laughs> arms, like you've been spooning <laughs> with it? <Yes. laughs> no, like, no, no, there's no spooning. There's no, there's no Heisman spooning? No. And, by the way, I would absolutely <laughs> I guess, spoon I guess, with yeah. the Heisman <laughs> if I won the Heisman. <laughs> now taking part in the Rich Eisen Show Throw Challenge, Kyler Murray, is this the first NFL Duke ball that you have thrown? That's an NFL. Oh my God, you won't even answer that. Wow. Right, go for it, Kyler. Go for it, go for it. That's one. That's one, here we go. That's two. Kyler oh, Everybody. That's three. Oh, By the way, that's four. Those are all Duke NFL footballs. Just wanted everyone to know that. First overall pick. First overall that's pick. That's four. That's five, wow. these are the footballs Kurt Warner complained about, that's six, six. Oh, Whoa. Oh. that's seven, Whoa. that's, oh. oh my goodness, oh. Yeah, let's get some, uh... <laughs> oh, no. here we go, keep going, I'm off, you got one more, hold on, this is getting, it. It. getting bad, here we go, no, Yeah, it's getting bad, yeah. you got seven for first seven. Good enough, seven Kyle, out of 10. Yeah, Kyler Murray, good to see him, Congratulations, he won the Heisman and it seems the Rich Eisen throwing contest in the same year, that's a first. No one could ever take that away from you.
2: Back on the Rich Eisen Show for our Roku viewers there. As I look at my phone, I'm just looking at photos. You're, you are watching from Atlanta 2019 the day that Kyler Murray stopped by the show he had not yet technically declared for the NFL draft there was still some thought maybe he goes and plays baseball although no one bought it but his corner his father really was trying to play that game at that point and that was somewhat of an awkward interview there where he wouldn't even Rich goes you wouldn't even say football like is that the first time you've you've Thrown the Duke. actual
0: NFL football. Like, he wouldn't even admit Whoa. it. Like, Whoa. He, I don't yeah. know.
2: And that was the awkward interview with, there was another show then he came and sat down with me and with Terrell Davis live on NFL network and TD goes, all right, so you've made the decision to play football, which he hadn't said that yet. And then, so he kind of clammed up and then it went awkward. And then I was going to do something where like, Hey, let's go back to back on TV and see who's really tall. I thought it'd be a fun bit, right? I was told by people in his corner. "Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Nope, you're not doing that. The whole day. You could do a 30 for 30 about Kyler Murray's. That day. That that day. I'm being dead serious. Absolutely. That day about his media tour at the Atlanta Super Bowl and how all those interviews went. They were all so awkward. You guys to Dan Patrick to a sit down, he did on NFL Network to the live interview he did on NFL Network, that one day.
0: So we had pre-taped him. We were going to air later, so I think we were first. Mm-hmm. And then he did Dan live, and that's when it kind of went viral with right. like Kyler Murray, and it was like, man, so we did the same thing on Dan's set that he right. just did on ours? What kind of advice did this guy give? It was
2: just, hey, look, it's worked out okay. Like, I mean, sure. he's got the second contract. He came totally. back and played well yesterday. He is seemingly a far more comfortable person in his own skin understandably, yeah. he's older, wiser, he's seen a lot, and I'm rooting for him, truly. I like watching him play. Like watching him play. Everything is is okay. But that day was, man. One for the books. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we got some things to get to. First off, let's, let's bring in, because he's been waiting patiently, he which has. I believe is the theme. He might be at the bar. When Who I'm knows? hosting this show, let's go to the phones. Terzo in iowa waiting patiently after what's up a, a what's good up, weekend terzo
4: terzo hey terzo hey well, how are y'all doing today man hey that that was an awkward uh interview with kyler murray I remember watching dan patrick and then watching you guys and it was just cringeworthy and it, it, i just it never made any sense to me why they would kind of have him go and do the shows that that's what they're going to have him do
2: it was a long time ago and a lot has changed since then I I don't blame Kyler for all of that at all. and I don't know how we got on it. You guys played it. I'm glad you did because it shows actually how much has changed since then. Earlier we played Turzo, how comfortable and and how affable um, and how good he was on the podium after playing a really good football game now as a seasoned vet.
4: Well, that's what kind of scares me is him coming back. That just makes my division even harder, which we're already kind of at this point – three losses, I'm not very happy, but after after yesterday's uh, drumming of uh, Jacksonville, if that defensive line um, plays like that the rest of the season, it's kind of a cheat code. They're pretty good.
2: Yeah, so I said it. I didn't say it here. I said it on NFL Network at the time. That trade that the 49ers made for Chase Young was a steal. I mean, it was robbery. I mean, they... they they could have gone to the NFL window to turn that one in with a ski mask on because what they did is they got chase young for what they call a compensatory third round pick. But the best case scenario, like if the Niners were to lose every game, the rest of the season and the commanders were to lose every game, the rest of the season, like that compensatory pick best case scenario is like 97. So, It's not going to be 97. It's more like 100, 101, 102 in that window. So basically, it's a fourth-round pick because there's 96 picks in the traditional first three rounds. And so let's say pick 101, it's really a fourth-round pick. And that's what they gave the commanders. If Chase Young leaves and signs a nice free agent contract somewhere else after these two months or maybe three, if they go deep, with the 49ers and the 49ers don't spend too much money of their own on free agency, they get back a compensatory pick in 2025, which will be a third-round pick. In essence, they are getting Chase Young for free. For
4: nothing. Yeah, it's and I, and I absolutely and I absolutely loved it. And seeing him on the sideline with Bosa, those two just seemed so happy, like peas in a pod. It, it seems like that's what he's been wanting, was probably just to get out of that situation in Washington and just breathe some new life, which... Which, going to the Niners, that has to do something for you.
2: Absolutely. Terzo, we appreciate you.
4: Hey, appreciate you guys. Andrew, you did a great job, man. Thank you, sir. To you.
2: Thank you, sir. Always appreciate you, you. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You, you give up, maybe pick 101, and then if he leaves, I mean, that pick could be as, as good as 96. There's a chance you move up in the draft. for acquiring Chase Young. Now, it'll be a year later. That pick is a year later, potentially. But there is a chance that the Niners actually get a pick that's four, five, six selections better a year later than what they gave up to the Commanders to rent Chase Young. I mean,
1: come on. (laughs) I was disgusted when that trade came through (laughs) last week. I mean... I just, I think I get mad that my team never is able to pull off stuff like this.
2: I think the headline is, no one offered more than that. Because right. you could have given the commanders just a base three. A base three, not a compensatory three. Any base three would have been better than what San Francisco offered. Anything. You know, it, it just goes on, on standings and where you finish. Anything would have been better than that. But nobody did. What does that say? I mean, the commanders have paid most of his salary. You're not paying that much down the stretch. Nobody was willing to give up more than a compensatory three, really a pick of the top of the fourth round or a pick before the top of the fourth round. The league will still call those third round picks. But if you take out the compensatory picks, in essence, it's a top 10 pick in the fourth round. That's all you got. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Real quick on the Dallas Cowboys, Um, they're unbeatable at home. If they get a home playoff game right now, I am not going to count them out nor bet against them. I don't know that yesterday's victory over the Giants does anything to take away from what they couldn't do last week against the Eagles, and I'm not trying to be negative. I don't have, like, my hot... Take machine over here. You plug in a Cowboys score and it spits out a take. <laughs> Dak, still not impressive. No, I don't have one of those. You, you pump in the score. Why couldn't Brandon Cooks do this all year? You know, I, I, I don't have that. But I don't think we learned that much about the Cowboys yesterday. I don't. I, I really don't. They checked the box. It was a great victory. Everybody is happy. You hope you get out of there reasonably healthy. Brandon Cooks had his best game. I mean, he, he, Brandon Cooks had more numbers yesterday than the rest of the season added up combined leading into yesterday. That's how good he was, and that's truly how bad the Giants are. The Giants are a far more interesting conversation today than the Dallas Cowboys are. Anyway, so you guys like lists, right? You love lists. You love lists. We're a list show. I was told to
0: do a list. Well, Andrews, that's a little rough. I mean, you I suggested asked. it. It was suggested. You know, is, we had an I, open I, hour you know, for a of, segment. I didn't find it. it
2: I didn't find it to be a burden, guys. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> no, 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 not a, a burden. Flexing
0: exactly. the tone. No. There. No. A so, oh
2: here. my god, are we going with the tone oh. thing? <laughs> oh. oh my god. Oh. The it tone is, thing. Welcome to my life. it's my okay?
4: No, bro. We're let's try that again.
2: With you, okay? It was suggested that I do a list. You just made the list!
0: Yay!
4: Yay! Yay. Oh
0: Mike!
4: Yay! Oh, don't too us paid attention.
0: Yeah, of course we think I am? I have a list.
4: <laughs> Andrew's here, it's my guy. Top Bye. five
2: takeaways of week ten. Alright. What what are we, we got. gonna count these down, Hoskins? Five to one? Five yeah, to one. Please don't go to one. one to five because one. One. Yeah, 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 TJ, exactly. TJ, big pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, Whoa, I'm sorry, five TJ. <laughs> you, you ask for a list and then you have demands on that list. Well, I mean, that's how we do. Okay. Number five. Ah, yes. Of my top five takeaways for week number ten. Yeah. Antonio Pierce is going to coach the Raiders in 2024. yeah Can we share notes? No. Stay tuned for the Overreaction Monday podcast. Write it down. (laughs) He is 2-0. Yeah, he's going to lose in Miami next week and likely in Kansas City. Maybe. Or at home to Kansas City. I don't know. But I think Antonio Pierce is going to do enough. I think considering how much money Mark Davis is paying everybody else no longer on his staff... I think, and I don't mean this to be demeaning to Antonio Pierce, I think the price of an interim rookie head coach sounds about right. And I love what Pierce is doing so far. He has earned it. His team is believing him in believing in him. His team is playing well. Inspired, if you will. I think he deserves a fair shot. And I think he's going to coach the Raiders in 2024.
1: He rolls up to the games in the 6-4 Impala, Andrew. Yes, and, he did. It's, you know, so that's the Raiders it way. was
2: ridiculous. <laughs> Check out Raiders Twitter. It was the best head coach so arrival that I've foam. seen Bow, in years. Joe Burrow's quarterback arrival yesterday wearing Jimmy Burrow, his father's Montreal Alouettes jersey was pretty cool. Oh, I that. Jimmy wow. Burrow, a two-time CFL All-Star, that was cool. But Antonio Pierce in the 6-4 was even cooler. Number four takeaway from week 10, the Titans should have traded Derrick Henry. They yeah, should have.
1: Yeah, yeah, to the Cowboys.
2: They should have yeah, traded should've should've the Cowboys, to the Cowboys, to the Ravens, Browns. to anybody. Somebody, because it's just not happening. I think Will Levis is the future. He's gonna have good days and bad. Yesterday was the latter on the road in Tampa and they lost in the Bucks one and they broke their losing streak. But they should have traded Derrick Henry while they still had the opportunity to get some kind of return. He's been the face of this franchise for a long, long time. He's given a lot. He is grinding his way to Canton. He's a great back, but they should have gotten something for him. It is not often that you can trade a running back with his age, with that kind of mileage and that much tread worn off the tire, and get a good return, but they could have gotten a decent, too good return, and I think they should have done it. Takeaway number three from week number 10 Ben Johnson's price just went up to be somebody's head coach next year. Ben Johnson is the offensive coordinator to of the Detroit Lions. He could have been a head coach last year, it eh, didn't feel right. He went back to Detroit. Ben Johnson has three more months left as OC of the Detroit Lions. And then somebody um, will drive a big Ford full of cash into his driveway. Like the Chargers. And he will be gone. maybe the chargers maybe he was auditioning for the spanos family not rooting for brandon staley to get fired but you get my point you can see all of that whether it's his gutsy fourth down play calling or whether it's just his creative play design in general look at all the x's and o geeks on twitter and on the shows they all go nuts over ben johnson and if you talk to his players in detroit and that i have done they all love him They all were happy he didn't leave, and they all know that he is a future head coach. Ben Johnson will be coaching as the man in charge at a team near you somewhere next year, and his price is only going to go up as Jared Goff and this offense continues to put up points on every scoreboard that they are near. Number two, the Jaguars are pretenders for the AFC Championship. Oh, they're still good. I still think they're going to win the AFC South. I think they can go into Houston and beat the Texans. Trevor Lawrence is good, and Doug Peterson has been there, and they have the weapons, and their defense had been playing well. And then, when they were coming off a bye, and the Niners were coming off a bye, it looked as if the Jaguars were playing on a short week. I mean, they got punched in the mouth. Chase Young and Nick Bosa got after the quarterback kept him out of the end zone and the only thing in question at the end of that game was would Christian McCaffrey get a touchdown in his 18th consecutive game and I thought it was kind of silly that Kyle Shanahan had him out there you got to get this guy hurt like you're giving him the ball three times at the end of the game to try to get him a touchdown why made no sense no sense here's what McCaffrey said by the way uh, yeah, I suck.
4: Everyone else on the team scored,
2: <laughs>
0: except for
4: me. No, uh, that you know means a lot to me for them to keep me in at the end of the game there and try to give me that record. But hey, I'll take I'll take a huge win.
2: And it was a huge win, thirty-four to three. Do we think it was the right move by by Kyle Shanahan? Man, high risk. Uh, I don't like it. When you weigh all the bad that could happen, exactly. You know, I don't like it. Now, it's not like what your Cowboys were doing, which is going forward on fourth down with four minutes to go and taking shots at the end zone with Cooper Rush when you're up five touchdowns. I don't think they should have been doing that either, but, yeah, but this hey. this ain't about us. You the, know the, the other, <laughs> it, the, the the other team, yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't coming back at you. In no all seriousness, like, it's, a, it's, about, it's, a, it's another example of a team trying to score late when the game's out of hand whatever. The other team has to stop you. But this was a very specific manner in which they were trying to score yeah. and that is like your kid playing Madden trying to get his favorite player a touchdown which is what they were doing yeah
1: yeah when you when you think about the, the chance of injury guys it's like this they, and it. they knew who was getting the ball every play too so it's not like oh we're gonna run a trick play no like they were coming for this guy every one of those plays he is lucky he didn't get hurt yeah I'm glad he didn't
2: the amount of touches he gets and considering Debo is just coming back from an injury here, you know, I'm glad he wasn't hurt. But if I was Kyle Shanahan, I would not have done it. Anyway, and the number one takeaway from week number 10. Drum roll. You know it's over when former Patriots are openly criticizing Bill Belichick. Yeah, right. Jason McCourty on the broadcast said, I don't know what they're doing there at the end of the first half when they chose not to to throw a Hail Mary I don't know what they're doing there when when they're going for the punt block when the Colts are backed up punting from their own end zone they don't have anyone back there for the return I don't know what Mac Jones is doing I don't know why they are playing this way look Jason was classy but when he's doing it when Scott Zolak who didn't play for Bill I realize yep But when he's on the Patriots broadcast saying what on earth are we doing here and openly criticizing the guy, then to me, you know, it's over. And that was my number one takeaway from week 10. Good one. Big game tonight. Coming up. Why Sean Payton painted a Bills logo on the practice field In Denver. Not just because he's crazy. That's
1: next. (laughs) Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets You said how Aaron Paul, you were thinking of killing off his yeah. character by the end of season one.
5: The original idea was, you know, you always got to come up with a great season ender. You, you want a cliffhanger of, of an episode to keep folks watching uh, next year. And and my thought early on, before I even met Aaron, before we cast Aaron, uh, was, was to have this young guy, uh, former student of, of Walter White, played by Brian Cranston, Uh, give Walt his entree into the business, sort of show him the ropes of criminality. Uh, And then at the end of that first season, that character, Jesse Pinkman, would get horribly killed in some very cinematic, graphic way that I never quite nailed down. But he would be murdered by some rival drug dealers, and Walt would feel very guilty, and then he would seek revenge, and that would propel us into season two. Then I meet Aaron Paul, and I cast this young guy, and he's fantastic in the role, and he's such a sweet guy to boot. He's just a wonderful guy, that I think we're probably shooting the second episode. And I was hanging out on the set uh, with him, you know, sitting in those chairs near the monitors, and and I just make a conversation. I say, you know, I was gonna kill you off. That was the original plan. He goes, what? He gets gets (laughs) all really nervous. He goes, what what are you talking about? no, this is a good thing. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I tell him the story I just told you, but he's not hearing the compliment contained within he's just thinking oh my god i might get killed off and i told this story to brian cranston i think he wandered by uh as he's hearing the tail end of this and he he was relentless for the next six years he'd get every time he got a script for a new episode before aaron did he'd look through it and he'd read it and then he'd go up to aaron he'd say buddy he'd put his start massaging his shoulders it was it was uh this next one it's at least you're gonna go out with a bang.
2: <laughs> that little Spanish guitar there—it's yeah. great. With a head of Breaking Bad, Abacur. Yeah,
1: yeah that
0: was our very first show. That was yes, October sixth, two thousand fourteen.
2: Okay, yes. for the for the radio audience, we just played Vince Gilligan and Gilligan. McGill- did I say the name right? Vince Gilligan. Yep. Okay. Right. Nicest guy in Hollywood. With Rich. And yeah, it was set up differently. You guys are sitting in the chairs together. Yeah, yeah, like over yeah. kind of, kind of, uh, to
0: the right over here. Mm-hmm. And very first show.
2: Rich was even tweeting or I, or, maybe it was on IG on the train in Germany watching the original episode of Breaking oh, wow. Bad. Did you see that last week? No? Going from like Berlin back to Frankfurt watching. Yeah. The
0: pilot of Breaking
2: Bad. Yes. Dang. I I, would love... I I need to do it. I I would love to do a Breaking Bad rewatch. I never made it all the way through. Great show, but I... Hold on, real quick. Great show. Fantastic show. Not judging. I was was one of those ones who was a late adapter where I didn't start watching it. I'd heard so much and heard, uh, okay, okay, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, Mm. I'll get to it. And then, the summer before the final season, I said, I'm gonna binge the whole thing. And I got... like season five and you know when you watch a show every single day dreaming about it you're right and and it it wears you down mentally and i just went i love the show i get i can't keep going like i'm i'm out
0: i kind of did something sort of similar i was i was trying to catch up i was way behind and so i was doing like two or three a day trying to catch up and
2: it's a lot it's a a lot i'm trying to do that with the morning show right now anyway Stream the NFL and Westwood one for free sponsored by AutoZone. Got a game tonight coming up guys in Buffalo, the bills and the Broncos, Uh, the Broncos visiting the bills all season long. You can listen to every Westwood one broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open WWO sports or on your Westwood one affiliate stations, digital platforms stream. Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and rich all season long for free. And get in the zone with AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions do apply. Tonight, the Denver Broncos at 3-5. The Buffalo Bills at 5-4. The game is in Orchard Park, and the game has the Bills opening up tonight in the number nine spot in the American Football Conference. The Bills are favored. Brockman by... Touchdown, seven seven points. Seven points, meaning a touchdown. Sean Payton this week to get his team ready for a road game painted the Bills logo at the center of the Broncos practice field. When noticed by reporters, Payton said, that's a good eye. Good work by you guys. Said, I do it all the time. I said, Really? We haven't seen it this year. Oh, yeah, I haven't done it this year. But I do it all the time. I do it every <laughs> week. So I did it all the time in New Orleans. I, I don't know if anyone noticed it then. But he said, I would do anything I could to get this team ready. Mm. He goes, I wish I could drop the temperature 20 degrees to make it feel like Buffalo. I wish we could do this, and we could do that, and we could do this. I want my team ready. Okay. I still like the Bills tonight, but... Buffalo's got to turn it around. The Buffalo team that we saw against the Bengals when last they were on the field week nine still has Josh Allen, still has Sean McDermott, still has Stephon Diggs and Von Miller, but it did not look like a team that I thought was going to go very far when it comes to January. After this one tonight, they get the Jets and the Eagles. Neither of those games is a pushover. Remember, the Bills lost to the Jets week one when Aaron Rodgers only played for 35 seconds. And then they get the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins in Miami to close out the season. The Bills need to start winning, and they need to bring the fun back. I don't see fun anymore for Buffalo. I don't see a team that has a legitimate number two option Dalton Kincaid, I guess, is is the guy. On the other side of Stefan Diggs, I see a team that doesn't have its best two defensive players in Matt Mulatto and Dredavius White with the other guys on their defense maybe saved for one or two missing at least one game during the season. Their defense has been decimated. You know how hard it is to win in this league without your two best players on one side of the ball? I mean, the Browns found a way to do it. But it's hard to do it for a sustained amount of time and win a championship. I have said all along, all summer, that this year, there's a lot resting on the Buffalo Bills when it comes to pressure. Everyone is pressure. I I hate to use that that word. Oh, a lot of pressure on this coach. Like, there's nothing lazier than the topic bar on the bottom of the screen. Which quarterback is under more pressure this week? Shut up. Stop it. I hate that. (laughs) Stop. Just please stop, stop, stop. Every quarterback is under pressure. Every coach is under pressure. Everyone in this league is under pressure. It is a results business. If you don't win, you will lose your job, period. End of conversation. Measuring who's under more on any given week is silly. But this year, I believe firmly is different in Buffalo. You got rid, got rid. Leslie Frazier stepped aside. Let's put it that way. Sean McDermott takes over the defense. You want to do it your way. There is only so much time in this window with this group. I know as long as Josh Allen is there, you have a chance. Matter of fact, you have a great chance. But the other pieces, especially on the defense, are aging. When last we saw them against the Bengals, you're running Josh Norman out there for meaningful snaps in the secondary at the end of a game. Lord. Bills need this one tonight. Need it badly. Badly. And if the Broncos can win, I mean, they're not making the playoffs, but they are imminently more watchable, and they have another primetime game coming up. They've won two in a row. Yep. So this one, this one's interesting tonight. And if it wasn't, you wouldn't watch. Good night, everybody.